This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, we conclude the Doors series with a message entitled, Live Free. We all choose the doors we walk through and what we let into the doors of our hearts. Let's join Dr. Roosh right now for more. We're on uh, week number five of our door series, Living Free. What could happen if we live free? I want you to turn with me to John chapter eight. John chapter eight, great story. Many of you may have heard of this. If not, this is your first time hearing this story. True story about Jesus. And Jesus walks up on an experience. He, He sees something going on that may happen every day of the week, but now Jesus is a part of the story And when Jesus steps in, how many of you know, everything changes. When Jesus steps into your story, everything changes. And it's not just with people that are goody two-shoes people in church or people that have everything perfect, but Jesus steps into anybody's story anywhere and he actually defends the helpless. I love this story. Jesus, verse one, returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. And a crowd soon gathered, and he sat down, and he taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, and they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who's never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Don't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. This is one of the most powerful stories I don't know if you're like me, but I'm like visualizing it. Like I'm there, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the news networks. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching this story unfold and I'm seeing the crowd and I'm seeing the different individuals. And, and there's so many aspects of this that are really powerful. The, they were trying to, to uh, get Jesus into a trap, but how many know he avoids the trap and he cares for the sinner? This is something you need to know, that in the middle of the world systems and all the laws and all the, the injustices, sometimes we can begin to think we're simply outside of the blessing of heaven. But the truth is, is that Jesus goes past all the red tape and all the rules, and he actually notices your case. And he, he's interested in you. And then, I, I, I love this, he uses unconventional methods to rescue us. He does it in a unique way that maybe nobody has done it before. He sits down and he he stoops down and he's writing in the dirt. I mean, this is the this is interesting. He's writing in the dirt, and I don't know about you, but I've heard so many stories of different ways 
that Jesus used to get you in the right track, on the right journey. Somebody out of the blue starts talking to you. You get into the worst circumstance of life. You find yourself at the bottom of the bottom, and Jesus uses the worst circumstances to turn your story around. How many of you weaves all things together for the good? There's something that he does, and he does it in unique ways. And then Jesus doesn't take the bait. He doesn't join the haters. They were picking up stones, but Jesus didn't pick up a stone. He wrote in the dust. I don't know what he wrote. I don't know if he wrote the names of all those men's mistresses in their own sins. I, I, I don't know if he was writing something that made them feel embarrassed of the truth. How many know, as God, he probably knew what all of them had done. Sometimes it's uh, in the middle of this, the religious people are putting her down. They're pointing out the truth of what she had done. Religion wants to kill people, but, but when you get the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus says, I need to run to him, not away from him. Jesus reveals that everyone sins and Judging only points back to yourself. He said, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Hmm. And then Jesus tells the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. You know, Jesus says that to every person everywhere in every age category, every background, neither do I. I don't condemn you. I'm not coming down on you. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. And the truth is we're living under God's mercy because we deserve punishment, but we're also under his grace because he doesn't give us what we don't deserve. I love, I love this, this sense of who Jesus is. But even with all of that, my point of this story and reading it today isn't about all of those things that we just talked about. It's really about the very end of his statement to this woman. He says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. This is powerful because in one statement, Jesus declares that it is possible to live in freedom after we have screwed up. There still is a story to be written. You don't have to go back to that. You don't have to open the old doors. You don't have to let those things back into your life. When you've been set free, you can keep on being free. It doesn't mean that you have to stay in this. You don't have to have that label on your forehead anymore. You don't have to live under the condemnation any longer. You can live a new story in your future. He doesn't condemn every part of her past, he simply says, go, get moving. There's a future for you to walk into. Sin no more, don't go back to what enslaved you in your story. It provides forgiveness, but then he wants us to keep moving forward. In order to move forward, you have to stop. Don't go any further, go and sin no more. You don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to go back to the slavery of the things that you were in any longer. No more means changing your habits. And it's not just stopping, but it's also walking through a different door to live in freedom. John 10, 9, Jesus says, I 
am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. In other words, go and sin no more, but now go through a different door. Move in a new direction. The door of freedom for Jesus is relational. It's not click on this and you can buy it for $19.99 with free shipping. It's not get a product, it's not follow this agenda, it's not do things exactly this way and you'll never uh, sin anymore and you'll be full of freedom. Jesus in a sense is saying, I'm the door, get to know me, follow me. You were following other things, you had other things controlling your life, but now you need to follow me, it's relational. Salvation might be the initial relationship moment, but freedom will require walking through the door over and over and over again. Jesus is your leader who leads you into freedom. And that pasture that he wants to lead you into is a place that you can live in. So how do you sin no more and live in freedom? Well, I think if you're gonna live in freedom and sin no more, you can't let sin be your leader. Don't let sin be your leader. This is interesting because we don't often think of the things we do, the mistakes we make, the habits that we have, the temptations that we give into. We don't think of them as our leader, but they are. I mean, think about it. Driving down the road, you've just made a commitment that you're going to eat healthy. And you're driving, and then... There's a Culver sign. Come on, somebody. Right there, you gotta decide who is your leader. See, we have a habit of actually following our appetites. We have a habit of following a different leader. So if you're going to experience freedom, you can't follow that leader anymore. There has to be a shifting over who you follow, what you follow, what the impulses are. You're like, but I, I'm always gonna like ice cream, Pastor Nate. I'm always gonna like sweets, that's not the point. Don't let it be your leader any longer. I love how Paul addresses this in Romans chapter six. Remember, Paul is this guy that, that had been a sinner who had murdered people and Jesus saves him. And so he had to shift, he had to go through a different door now. He had kind of charted a different pathway. In Romans 6, verse 12, he says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have what? New life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, 
or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Woo! See, it's, it's a choice of what door you're going to go down and what pathway are you going to take. To live free means you leave the slavery, the obedience to those things that controlled you before, and you move on a different and a new pathway. You become slaves to righteous living. When Jesus' disciples were around him and they had spent so much time with Jesus and they enjoyed his leadership, can you imagine Jesus being your manager? Can you imagine Jesus being your boss? Can you imagine hanging with Jesus, seeing Jesus do things and do miracles and live 24-7 and he followed his three years of, of a journey and then Jesus starts telling you, I gotta go. You aren't gonna have me around anymore. And his disciples were pretty freaked out about that and and they were like, what's life going to be like when he's gone? It's so much easier when I've got him present with me. And in John chapter 16, you'll see what, they, what was going on there. It says in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, Jesus tells them, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he's heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring you glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. This is interesting because Jesus, and we follow, how many Jesus saved you from your sin? There's, there's a huge trust that we have in Jesus, right? Jesus is the friend of sinners. Jesus is the one that heals. Jesus is our pathway. He's our hope. He's our door. And so often... We don't see Jesus in our everyday life. We don't see him physically and we're like, how do we do this? Much like the disciples. But Jesus said, don't worry about it because the spirit will come and the spirit will be your guide. He will comfort you. He will tell you what to do. He will be the one that helps you navigate difficult circumstances. He'll be the one that brings you peace when there's no reason to have peace. He's the one that will give you strength when you're weak the Spirit will come, and the Spirit is available 24-7, 365 days a week, and he'll walk with you hand in hand. See, the, the key to freedom is relationship with the Spirit. The key to freedom is relationship with the Spirit. Okay, Pastor Nate, now you're going spiritual jargon on me. I'm just going to tell you in my own life. That when I try to do things my way, my, by my will, from one moment I can say no. But how many know it still comes at me the next day? Yours might be depression. Yours might be a battle with uh, a provision because you're worried about how you're going to ha have enough money to pay the bills. Or you might have challenges with your family and relationships are just overwhelming to you. Or comparison can overwhelm you when you're looking at Facebook and see somebody else's success and you don't have the same success. Whatever those things are that pop up through the day, that's the moment when you're in a choice. You have a, cho a choice of which door you're going to open. Am I going to open the door, the pathway that leads me down a downward spiral? 
and I don't like who I am? Or am I going to open the door where I say, Holy Spirit, I need your leadership in my life. And learning to develop a relationship with the Spirit is the key to living in freedom. And if you haven't had a relationship with the Spirit, let me tell you this, you actually have had one and you didn't know it. No one comes and experiences Jesus without the Spirit drawing them. The Spirit is the one that convicted you with regard to sin. The Spirit's already been involved in your life. But now you must turn and say, be my leader. And Jesus told his disciples, listen, you're going to need the Spirit. Now, this is, this is really important for you in your own personal faith. Because if you already trust Jesus, then you need to trust what Jesus tells you to do. He says, follow the Spirit. Guess what you need to do? Follow the Spirit. And if you're going to follow the Spirit, you need to know that he will lead you. The Apostle Paul goes on in Romans chapter 8, and he says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. It's turning those battles over that thinking space to leadership of the Spirit. Choosing a door to freedom means telling the Holy Spirit and letting him control your mind. The sinful nature, however, would lead to death. It goes on in verse 15 of Romans 8. So you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Man, wish I could, I could preach on this one all day long. But you know, uh, I think one of the core fears that many people have is that they're overlooked or forgotten or not chosen or that somehow they're not a part of the family. That either we did something that, that caused us to get kicked out or we were never picked in the first place. And there's a core fear that in the middle of that, that kind of drives us to do things that are trying to fill that void. We're trying to do activities. We're trying to get approval from people. We're, we're trying to solve the temporary anxiety with whatever. It could be with anything. It could be with people. It could be with uh, uh, chasing approval. It could be with uh, drugs and alcohol. It could be with whatever it is. And we chase it to fill it. And it's only a temporary filling. It's like grabbing a puff of smoke. There's nothing there. And when we're in that, what Paul says is he says this. He says, when you follow the Spirit, something begins to change. You get a confirmation. No, you are under the Father. You are adopted into the family. And the Father says you're safe. You don't have to be anxious. I got this. Trust in me. I'm protecting you. You're going to be okay. When you lean into the Spirit, instead of going down a different pathway, and you all know what I'm talking about. When your brain runs wild at, at nighttime or you're concerned because there's a confrontation and somebody made you feel bad, in the moment when you want to go down a different pathway, at that moment you can listen to the Spirit and the Spirit will begin to reaffirm, you're okay, it's going to be all right. It doesn't make sense. I know, I know there's fear around you, but you're safe. Abba Father's got this. Daddy's got this. 
You can know the 24-7 protection, the sense that God is with you. You're not alone in this. You don't have all the information. You don't know how it's going to turn out, but you trust. Why? Because he's got this. The Holy Spirit allows you to understand that and feel that. Let me give you six practical ways to live free. Six practical ways to live free. The first one is this, and I love all my note takers because as soon as I give a number and a list, all the heads go down and the pens come out or the fingers go out. It's like list people are happy. There's something to check off and I'll know when he's about done. Thank you, Jesus. The first one is this. Check your bags at the door. Check your bags at the door. I've got a suitcase. This happens to be my carry-on. I had a flight this week that I went on and I went through the line and I finally got up and Go through TSA, and when you go through TSA, you gotta take your, if you got a, a, a bag with you, you gotta take the stuff out of your bag that they tell you, okay? So, so I, can, I can pull out of my bag, uh, my toiletry bag, and you know, it's, it's crazy if you look, you can see there's a little pile behind where the TSA agents are of things that they've confiscated. People bring the craziest things with them. What, I can't bring a gun with me through the air? You know, uh, what, I can't bring a knife? It's just a hunting knife. It's about this long and everything. So here's what I want you to consider. That if you want to go through the door into following the Spirit and living with the Spirit, then bring with you and check your bags at the door. Is there anything in your life at the beginning of a day that you know Holy Spirit's gonna say, uh-uh. You check the bag in, you go, you know what? I'm going to make sure I am truly following the Spirit. I'm following Him. Learning to practice the truth or using the right door and resist the lie, the wrong door, begins with checking your bags at the door at the beginning of the day. It's like a morning announcement to yourself. You can put it on your mirror if you want. I am disciplined. The spirit in me is stronger through Christ than the wrong desires inside of me. I'm going through the checkpoint, if you will, the checkpoint of checking things in. Does that make sense? Because if you try to get things on board, how many know the Holy Spirit's gonna go no? Or, or if you let those things in, you're not gonna get on the right flight. Things aren't gonna work for you. Second thing is this, ask Jesus to fill you with the spirit. Ask Jesus to fill you with the spirit. If Jesus is your leader, and he's, he's also called the baptizer in the spirit, he's the one that leads you to the spirit, okay? Follow Jesus' instructions to follow the guide, the counselor. I say this because I know in any given moment when I'm talking, there are some people that are new to the faith, or maybe you've never been taught this before. But when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said he's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And we only think of baptism in water often, but he's just the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, meaning if you follow Jesus, he wants you to have the same experience that he had. Jesus walked under the power of the Spirit everywhere he went. So when Jesus left, he wanted his disciples to be under the power of the Spirit, to have that strength and that relationship. And if you're in a place where you're trying to do things by sheer will or rules, or only just being a strong, faithful Christian on your own will, you're, doing, you're, you're actually utilizing all your own strength, all your own ingenuity, but you can have the power of the Spirit. So if you're like, I don't have the Spirit you've been talking about for the last 20 minutes, Pastor Nate, how do I get this? 
Ask Jesus. Third, be transparent with the Spirit. Okay? So in your daily experience when you check in, be transparent. Don't hide things. Don't cover it up. The Spirit is aware of your internal tug of war. Don't hide it. Take your worst struggle, your most frustrating, most embarrassing thing, and bring it to the Spirit. Don't hide it. And then ask the Spirit to search you and know you. And if there's anything that the Spirit reveals, you can deal with it. Fourth, get in rhythm with the Spirit. Okay? What do you mean by that? Well, I think that when it comes to a dance, if you will, there's a rhythm to a dance. When you dance and you're with, dancing with somebody, there has to be a rhythm to it. You don't want to be stepping over each other's feet, right? So you want to, some of you are like, I've never danced before, Pastor Ray. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, you're, you're going to dance with heaven, okay? You want to be in rhythm with the spirit. So you got to learn to, to dance, to move the feet when they move the feet. Okay? When it comes to moving with the Spirit, you got to learn the rhythms of the Spirit. It might start with, for you, you might need to get in rhythm. You might need to get you some rhythm. Come on now. Okay, fifth, stay connected to other believers. Stay connected to other believers. Why is this important with the Spirit? Because sheep are most vulnerable when they are isolated. Wolves attack sheep that are separated from the flock. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Number six, the discipline of freedom requires the spirit. The discipline of freedom requires, how is that a practical thing? What if we just got in the discipline of not having human effort only or self-denial, but we embrace the Spirit and what He has to offer. It's a rhythm of the Spirit, a daily thing. What if your Monday began with, Holy Spirit, I need you. What if your Tuesday began with, Holy Spirit, lead me today. What if lunchtime on Wednesday, because you're already drained, was Holy Spirit, bless this food, but look, I need you. What if there was a discipline to where you did that, and you want freedom, but the freedom's gonna come through your relationship with the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Emmanuel Sunday services can be seen live every week at 9 and 11 a.m. at emmanuelcc.org. Be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.